following program is brought to you in living color on NBC. Hey, where y'all at? It is a thrill. I love this show. You're telling me a big fat lot. I was hoping for funny crazy. I will get on stage on Broadway and I will reenact the rantings of Charlie Sheen one day. Think you can replace me with some other guy? Go ahead. It won't be the same. Tis mightiest in the mightiest. Do not bring Shakespeare into this. You're so smart. Oh, really? Well, so are you. And yes, the rumors are true. They smoke, they drink, they use bad language in mixed company. They're extremely rich and they can flash more bling than most posses in this room. I know exactly who that is. That's the mother that loses every goddamn game. That's Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Get rid of him. Wow. Bros, come on. I love you, bros. Does everybody have to be crazy today? Now get me, Savior! Heineke on the slant for McLaurin. He takes the hit and has the first down. The longest Washington drive of the season yeah. continues. Pump it up and got the one-on-one on the outside. Hey, that tells me what you guys are capable of. You just measured yourself to Goliath. All right, you just measured yourself. You found out who you are and what you're capable of. I'll tell you what. Victory Monday. <laughs> Washington football fans, you have earned it. Nobody saw that coming, huh? Victory Formation Monday. And did you know this was the first time that fans at FedEx Field had seen a Washington victory in person in almost two years? The Lions game in 2019 was the last one. Dwayne Haskins was the quarterback then. You know, again, because last year there were no fans in the stands. Wow. Absolutely incredible yesterday. And it it looked even better from the press box, I got to tell you. Welcome to the show, everybody. We're here on the Virginia side of the Potomac, and we are enjoying life today. Going to hear from Ron Rivera from this afternoon in just a few minutes, and then we'll take you inside the locker room for your exclusive locker room access after the game. And, uh, oh, by the way, the Caps played last night, too. And you think that the football team's win was big. The Caps absolutely handed it to the Pittsburgh Penguins last night, 6-1. to one. So we got some post-game from Capital One Arena as well. It's a huge show today, absolutely huge. Thanks to our friends from DraftKings for providing us the time and the space for it. Yep, we got to start with the football team, though. Damn. I mean, just damn. What a game. I know the big story today, as well it should, is that 10-minute drive to put this thing on ice in the fourth quarter. Let me tell you how epic that actually was. For those of you that are too young to remember it, what 
the football team, what the Burgundy and Gold did in the fourth quarter on Sunday afternoon was turn the clock back for about 22 minutes in real time. For those 22 minutes in real time, we were back at RFK. The year was somewhere around 1982, 83, 84, 87, something like that. And it wasn't the Washington football team on the field. Those were the Washington Redskins. And it was the Hogs running the counter tray and 50 gut. And Russ Grimm was playing guard and he was blocking Randy White. And John Riggins was running out the clock. That's what you saw. That's what it was like back in the day when this team was one of the NFL marquee franchises. And you know what? Start dreaming. You might as well. Because what the Burgundy Gold did on Sunday was save the season. I mean, if they had lost, as everybody thought they were going to, and as most people thought they were going to, which was lose badly. See Tom Brady come out and either carve him up for, you know, 350 yards through the air or come out and, and, you know, take them 99 yards with two minutes left and no timeouts and win the game. Whatever that case might have been, that's what everybody was expecting. And they would have been 2-7, and seven, and it would have been a full-scale revolt that was going on in the Burgundy and Gold Nation today. But that didn't happen. And there is going to be time to nitpick Taylor Heineke's performance. It was not perfect, even though the stat line said it damn near was. And he was good. He was the gunslinger. He was that quarterback with the heart of the lion yesterday. He got lucky. And there were some plays that could have turned that game the other way. But you know what? It didn't. So start dreaming. You might as well. Because at 3-6, and and this is what Ron Rivera does, This team's got a chance to go on a run now. The way they won that game yesterday, they didn't just win it, and it wasn't just a lucky bounce here or there. It wasn't the defense bending almost all the way and somebody made a play in the end zone to break up a pass with no time left on the clock or something like that. Now, this team, after getting shut down three and out in a couple of series in the third quarter, and having Brady throw that touchdown pass to Mike Williams that made it 24 to 19, they came out and they took the ball and they ran it right down the Bucks' throat. And that's a pretty good defense there. Now, this team went out and imposed its will yesterday. Now, that does not mean that this season has turned around and all of a sudden they're going to be a different team here in the second half. But go ahead. And, get, and hope for it and dream at least for one week. You know, you have the right now to go out and say, you know what, they got Carolina this week 5-5. Five and five. Got Seattle after that on Monday night. I guess Russell Wilson will be healthy, but maybe he'll still have a little rust on him. And then it's and then the, the Raiders in Las Vegas, the 1st of December. Eh, and they're coming back to earth and maybe things are catching up with them. And then it's the NFC East. I mean, you can start thinking to yourself, you know, if they can go on a run here and win these next three and get to the NFC East part of the schedule at 6-6 six and six or even at 5-7, and seven, who knows? And there is some historical precedents for it, not just last year. But go back and look at Ron Rivera's coaching record. 
Last year was not the first time Rivera did this. Quite the contrary. 2011, Panthers finished 6-10. Rivera won four out of his last six games. 2012, they finished 7-9. He won five out of his last six games. 2013, they went 12-4. Everything was fine. 2014, that was the year they went 7-8-1 and won the NFC South. Won five out of their last six to do that. 2015, of course, was when they went 15-1. and one. The only outlier there was 2016 when they went 6-10 and 10 and he only won two out of six. They went 11-5 in 2017. And then 2018, they lost six out of seven because Cam Newton was hurt. Rod Rivera knows how to keep a locker room together. And it seems like when his teams get up against it, that's when they start to play. And then, of course, last year. I don't think it's likely. I think that it's more likely than not that even though the Panthers are 5-5, five and five, they have a really good defense, and they're going to come out, and they're going to shut Taylor Heineke down, and things will come back to earth, and Washington will walk out of there at 3-7, and seven, and then more than likely, Russell Wilson will find a way to win on Monday Night Football right after Thanksgiving, and they'll be 3-8, and eight, and then the Raiders will probably get right against him too and they'll be three and nine but even if they just win one of those at four and eight they can make a case for with the exception of dallas they can win those other nfc east games and if it's just then if if it comes down to a thing where they've just got to figure out a way to beat dallas to get into the playoffs eight and nine might make the playoffs this year I don't know if that's counterproductive or not, considering how bad this team needs a franchise quarterback next year. But it means that we get a reprieve on this season, at least for a few weeks. And I think that's all that this fan base really needs at this point. And also, consider the curious case of this defense. This is three weeks in a row they've played a solid game. In fact, that was probably their best game of the year. Yesterday, on Sunday. Uh, Yeah, I know they're going to be without Chase Young. We're going to get into that in a couple of minutes. Why I think that may not necessarily be a bad thing short term. Short term, there's an argument you can make for this being addition by subtraction. We'll get to that when we hear from Ron Rivera in a few minutes. But right now, let's uh, let's go into the locker room. And get you some exclusive locker room access from Sunday afternoon. Let's start with wide receiver DeAndre Carter, who caught his second touchdown pass in his many games. And I asked DeAndre after the game, what is it? What's been the diff? What was the difference Sunday compared to the four weeks beforehand? Just, a, I mean, just an energy. You know, we came in and, uh, you know, we knew, we knew we had opportunity to win. You know, like we do every week. Uh, and the energy was great all week in practice. We came out and everybody executed. Everybody was on the same page. Um, and when we play like that and everybody's together, we can beat anybody. And keep in mind, yes, Chase Young is out for the rest of the year. We'll hear Ron talk about that in a few minutes. But they're getting some of their pieces, some of the other pieces back. Brandon Sheriff was back this week. I know he left the game, but he came back in. Uh, Logan Thomas may very well be back next week, which also would be good because Ricky Seals-Jones went out with a hip. But John Bates was able to play 
fairly well. A draft pick from this year, rookie tight end. Samus Reyes contributed as well, and we all know his story. Deami Brown might be back. Curtis Samuel, who knows, but if they could just get a couple of those pieces back on, on offense, who knows? You know, Sam Cosme was was dressed. He didn't play. But if he's ready to go next week and that shores up the line a little bit, which the line I thought played fairly well, uh, and we could talk about that uh, later in the week. I'm not sure most or, or, or all of those sacks are on them. But they're, they're, you can allow yourself a little bit of hope, provided you, you kind of keep it in perspective. Um, we also talked with Bobby McCain about that final drive there, uh, the one the offense went on, and how the offense picked him up this year. That drive, I, I know you've heard by now, 19 plays in almost 11 minutes. You have to go back to, I guess, 1999, 1998 was the last time there was a drive longer than that. Uh, and Bobby McCain said, you know, hats off to the offense for winning this one. We also asked him, we saw Chase Young on the sidelines uh, after, you know, he had been he had been looked at by the doctors. But Chase Young was there on the sideline throughout, you know, the entire second half of the game uh, encouraging his teammates. And we asked Bobby, you know, what was Chase saying to you guys in between series? Just keep playing. Just keep playing. He was telling us just keep playing and just, uh, you know, no matter what, like a 0-0 game. And, um, you know, we, we, we all know he wants to be out there and we all want him out there. But, uh, you know, it's unfortunate events. Hopefully it's nothing serious. Hopefully he can come back and uh, be well. But, you know, he, we know he wanted to be out there and we, we had his back. Yeah, they sure did have his back yesterday. Jonathan Allen. I mean, what else can you say about him? And it, it, it wasn't so much that I, I know he didn't have – a sack or anything like that, but he and Deron Payne and Matt Ioannidis and Tim Settle, they were just they were a disruptive force up front, and that that's always been the thing about Brady. You know, Brady Tom Brady has said in the past he likes a clean pocket, and if you're able to get pressure on him right in his face, you have a chance, and that's what they were able to do yesterday. Terry McLaurin, uh, we talked to him as well. And the first thing we wanted to know from Scary Terry, yeah, we saw him. He left the game with an injured collarbone, came back, said it was fine. And then it was just, okay, tell us about that slant route on third and five that more or less clinched the game. Well, it shows um, what we can do if we play full, full quarters, um, whether it's Tom Brady or another opponent. If uh, this team has good, good weeks of practice, creates turnovers defensively, capitalize offensively, do well in the scoring zones. We're going to have a chance to win football games, and it's about putting those four quarters together. So, um, you know, this is a great win for us because, you know, it's our most recent one, and, you know, we haven't had that feeling in a little bit. But we just got to try to take that momentum going into Carolina on the road next week and and try to come out with another victory. But um, I think what we did a good job this week, we just took it a step at a time, a practice at a time, and um, in the game we fought to the end. And we also asked him if he had a chance to talk with Chase after the injury. And again, this is right after the game. So he said at that point he had not 
been able to, you know, sit down and talk to him. But here's what he did say. Uh, I haven't really got to sit down and talk to him. Um, you know, I know there's probably a lot of emotions for him. Um, I don't even know the severity of everything right now, so I'm not going to speculate. Um, but I'm sure there'll be a time when me and him could talk and, you know, we kind of have a unique relationship. But hopefully he's not as, as bad as we think right now. And, um, you know, it's hard to see a guy like that go down because he's a dominant player for us. Um, he's a leader for us. You know, he's the guy breaking it down each and every week in the middle of the circle. So um, hopefully he's not out for too long. But if he is, um, Casey and and um, the rest of those guys, and uh, they just got to be able to step up and, and be ready to make plays. But it's hard to replace a guy like that, especially when we got Montez down. But uh, we got a lot of guys ready to fight. And, and don't overlook that either. Uh, and here's here is why I say that. I talked about short-term addition by subtraction. James Smith Williams, Shaka Tony, um, and the other and the, the other two guys, one of which uh, whose name I, I I can't pronounce, and and Casey Tuhill, um, is it Bohemi, something like that. Anyways, those guys are last on the roster. Guys, they're not going to be out there freelancing. I mean, what was it that Ron Rivera was saying during the bye week that you know he called Chase and to a lesser extent Montez out to do their job. Do their assignments. Don't try to make the plays all by yourself. Those guys aren't going to do that. They're going to play within the system. If they play within the system, that all of a sudden gives a huge advantage to what the defense's biggest strength is, and that's the interior linemen. Jonathan Allen, Matt Ioannidis, Deron Payne, Tim Settle. So if that group now, and again, we are talking a short-term gain here because the defense is much better with Chase Young and Montez Sweat than without. But in the short term, it may just create a more effective unit for a little while. For a little while. Also talked to Taylor Heineke uh, about his game and uh, what it was like beating the GOAT after, at least on the scoreboard, getting close in January. Yeah, it went against anybody's nice, um, let alone against Tampa Bay, defending Super Bowl champs. So, um, you know, again, it's, it's, it's a big win for us. Um, you know, it's something to build off of, build off of, of and, uh, you know, the confidence going into these next weeks will be huge. Why do you like balling out against Tom Brady? <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, these are the games that you dream of as a kid, and it's, it was the, the moment I was – I might get a little emotional here. It's the, it's the moment I've dreamt of last year when I wasn't playing. Um, I always told myself, if I, if I get another chance to play, I'm going to go out there and do something great. And it, it's these games that you want. So, um, you know, it, it's, it, it means a lot to me. I know it means a lot to those guys to, to get a win like that against a team like that. And, uh, again, like I said before, um, it's something to build off of and, and, and carry to, to the next weeks or two. I think it was great overall. I think everybody, all aspects of the game. Uh, defense played great. They forced a couple turnovers, gave us some short fields, finished in the red zone a couple times. Uh, you know, no turnovers other than that fumble at the end. But, you know, for, the, for, the, for our offense to have the ball there, 10 minutes left, up by four, and to go 19 plays and go down there and, and, and end it like that, it's huge for us, uh, especially with how it's been going the last four weeks. So. Um, it's definitely something to build off of. Um, you know, it's a good, it's a, sorry, it's a good defense. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's something to definitely build off of. And now the question is, can they build off it? Here's Heineke's line 
against Tampa. 26 out of 32, 256 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions. Quarterback rating of 44.4 and a passer rating of 110.4. Now, statistically, it looked a little prettier than it did on the field. He was still holding the ball way too long. And there were a couple of plays, um, that swing pass to DeAndre Carter that was tipped and not picked off, a couple other passes that he probably would want back that the Bucks could have made a plate on but didn't. But that's neither here nor there. The reality of the situation is that Taylor Heineke did, in fact, ball out yesterday. And I, I think that's the key, what he said about just wanting to have fun. He can't think. He's just got to go in there and play. He's he's still getting the ball out too late in a lot of cases. But yesterday, in some cases, he didn't. That pass to Adam Humphreys that kept the, the drive going in the fourth quarter was a thing of beauty. And so was the slant, for that matter, to McLaurin. So going to be interested to see what happens the rest of the way. How about Ron Rivera? We talked to him today. Uh, and, of course, the first thing he told us about, because he knew we were going to ask, here is the news on Chase Young. Um, it's been confirmed this morning that uh, that Chase did uh, injure his leg, and it will pretty much end his season this year. Um, and then uh, Ricky Seals-Jones is, uh, is going to be a day-by-day thing uh, with a hip injury. So those are the two things that I checked in on today. Everything else I don't know until I meet with uh, the trainers till later today. And he will also be without Montez Sweat for at least another three weeks, possibly four, and maybe even five because of the broken jaw. But again, addition by subtraction as a short-term gain. Who is Ron using going forward? Well, the four guys I just mentioned. So here is, um, here's Ron on, on how it's going to be here for the next little while. Well, I mean, you, you brought it up probably, JP, one of the things that, that, that we'll most certainly um, have to take, take a real long look at is, you know, to be able to create and generate some pressure. We are going to have to blitz probably. We're going to have to do some different things, move some people in and out. You know, um, it'll be interesting to see how, you know, this develops. I, I'm excited. I know, I know Jack and the staff will be working on that come later today once we start focusing in on our next opponent. And, of course, that next opponent's going to include his old quarterback, Cam Newton, Washington heading down to Carolina on Sunday for a game to improve their a chance to improve the record to four and six. When we come back, we got to go to the ice because the Caps played a very a rather important game yesterday as well with a rather important result. We're going to talk about that as well right here. It's the Bob Matthews Show on the Hockey Podcast Network. The NHL season is underway in DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NHL is an unbelievable offer for you. Celebrate the greatest sport on ice with this. Check it out. New customers can bet a dollar, just one dollar at any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection. However they light the lamp, you win. Now, Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet. DraftKings is not going to leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN. Throw down $1 on NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net. Nets you 
a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Tom Wilson opening up a two-on-one here shorthanded with Baravari. Scores! Yeah, not bad at Capital One Arena last night. But I tell you what, if you had the trifecta, if you went right from FedEx to Cap One, you had a pretty good day yesterday and a pretty good night. Six to one, the final score, Caps over uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. I played that goal for Martin Ferravari, not just because it was a shorthanded tally, but because the story of the night, especially early on, was the secondary scoring and the kids, Martin Ferravari. Scored a goal. Garnet Hathaway, who uh, had an incredible weekend, scored his third goal in the last two days. And then in the second period, it was Daniel Sprong and Connor Sheary. The game was pretty much over at that point. You know, when Sheary uh, got his third goal of the year just before the end of the third period, uh, the second period. And then in the third period, Evgeny Kuznetsov and Tom Wilson just added insult to injury. Kuzi got his sixth of the year. Wilson got his fourth. And again, good Kuzi last night. Kuzi has not cooled off at all. I'm looking over the stats here. One goal, one assist. Really, really good night for the team's top line center and for the guys on the third and fourth shifts. Shifts. Rather, let's hear from head coach Peter Laviolette, who said that it was really that second period where they really started to take control of the game. Yeah, it's uh, like I said, I thought the first was the, you know, probably the most competitive back and forth. And, you know, they might have even uh, at times they had us going, you know, Um, in the second period, I thought it was we started to push the third period. I really liked because the second period, we turned the puck over a little bit too much. Anytime we turned it over, it was we had to come back and play defense. And I thought in the third period, we played a cleaner, simpler game and um, just able to push it down into their you end. You really get the feeling that, that Lavi's having fun this season. I'm not sure he was as much last year. He seemed a little more frustrated last year than he than he does this year. Um, and, and maybe that's, you know, because of the kids as well, who he once again last night spoke glowingly of. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think the guys have done a really good job. The guys that have come up, I think the guys that have are been here and the core of the team that's that's in the lineup, not out of the lineup. The guys that have been in there, they've they've really made it a point to make sure that we're moving right. And uh, from that point, you need young guys chipping in. Mikey's had some big moments and some big games. And you see, I thought Axel could have had a couple goals tonight. He's playing really well. And so guys are coming in and uh, contributing, which is exactly what you need when you have an injury. So, um, you know, we'll get through this. And if the, you know, those young guys keep contributing and playing the way they are, it just takes the, takes the burden off a little bit. Oh, it sure does. All right, big test coming up for the Caps because they hit the road now. Four-game road trip out west. They got back-to-backs in L.A. with the Ducks and the Kings. Then it's up the road to San Jose Saturday night for a game with the Sharks. And then Sunday, 
They get their first look at the expansion Seattle Kraken. That ought to be interesting. All right, Mick and the Clock and the Wall Street, we got to get on out of here. Have a good one. Savor these wins uh, because, well, no, you know, not let's not even think about it like that. Just savor the wins. It was a good, good weekend. Talk to you tomorrow. Remember, like the wise men once said, if you're out on your bike tonight, as always, we're white. I'm a man.